0: Hello, and welcome back to QC Uncut. Uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. My guest today is um, temporarily a local newsmaker. He's not originally from the Quad Cities, but he is driving through the town. Um, He goes by the name of Chicago Tasha, and he is an artist who is driving across the country to raise awareness uh, for the George Floyd trial, which is going on in Minneapolis. And he's uh, stopped in the Quad Cities. Quad cities today uh, kind of on accident. The weather sort of brought him here, but he was on his way from Minneapolis down to Houston, and so we're going to be talking to him about his journey. So Chicago, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you, and uh, right off the bat, I must say, you know, it is you know, it's interesting you called it the George Floyd trial, which a lot of people are referring to it that way, but we want to make sure also that everyone who's paying attention to the trial realizes it's really is the derek chauvin trial right. uh because that's who's on on trial but uh yeah this is uh it's a very unprecedented situation and i think a lot of people uh, obviously know the name george floyd and uh tie it together that way to connect the dots
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but yeah just wanted to insert that at the top for sure
0: oh sure of course i I think that a lot of it is name recognition it's one of those things where everybody knows who george floyd is at this point but it's really it is it's a strange social phenomenon that a lot of people don't know the names of the officers that um that you know are being charged but everybody knows george's name because you know he he died so but it is (laughs) it's a very strange social phenomenon that we That we identify that. And it's kind of like, you know, we're um, obviously there was a a mass shooting again today. And somebody was posting on social media about that and about the fact that the shooter with a mass shooting, it's the shooter that tends to be identified in the media and everything else. And people overlook the victims, which I don't know. It's just it's just a very weird our society is strange and the way the media emphasizes things it, it's really yeah, weird. It's like
1: what's going to be searchable what's going to be right. Googleable, and things like that. So I totally, yeah, I agree with you there.
0: So tell me a little bit about your journey. Um, what got you started in regard to this? You were mentioning to me before we started recording that this is part of a project with a group called Visual Black Justice. Tell me a little bit about this group. What gave you the idea to start this drive across the country?
1: That's right. The, uh, the group up there in Minneapolis is called Visual Black Justice, like you said, and they are a a black woman-led organization that brings together artists in the community, mostly, of course, visual artists, so uh, painters uh, primarily. And I was in Minneapolis on March 8th, which was the start of the Chauvin trial. And I was up there basically to raise awareness and also uh, do some coverage. I, I also do a little bit of independent uh, journalism. So I thought, let me be up there while the trial's going on and just try to uh, you know, bring more attention to that trial <clears throat> while also kind of reporting on what's happening in the courthouse as best I could. So that's, that was my original plan i I had not known about visual black justice and so one day i showed up at the courthouse and there was this beautiful kind of very powerful art installation literally set up uh, right outside the courthouse called uh, reflections which was uh, done by that same group and that was how i heard about them Uh, so they had been doing some very powerful artwork all over uh, different parts of minneapolis um, ever since uh, the murder of george floyd And so, once somebody finally kind of put me in touch with them, and we came up with this idea for the tour and the community art project. So that's how things kind of got started.
0: Yeah, the art is amazing. I'm looking at pictures of your car here on my laptop, and um, it's very striking. What has the reaction been so far? And I know that um, you're kind. That's the whole point, really, of this trip is so that people can see the car and see how visually arresting it is um no pun intended so to speak um but uh, to see how how striking it is you know and to and to really be kind of like you know, taken aback by just you know it is. It's just like very you know impactful, and so um and and to think about what you're you're doing and to you know maybe ask you questions about it and things of that nature. Tell me a little bit about that um, journey to w- raise awareness. What you've been doing. What the reactions been like to this to people seeing this car.
1: Totally. It's uh, you know I've done a few kind of cross country tours in the past as a as a musician and as an artist but this doing this tour you know some people are calling it wheels of justice it's very different from anything else I've I've done like this before and definitely like you said the artwork on the car is very provocative mm-hmm. it has you know so far you know I'm on like day 3 of the tour and there's I feel like there's two levels of of responses that I get so far, one is that surface level reaction of just like, "Whoa, what's you know, what's all this on this car?" It's a very loud kind of statement piece, and it has bright colors and gold and pink and black and uh, a lot of uh, just beautiful imagery on the car now. So, some people I think initially just see that and they have questions, or they just want to come and take a photo of it because it looks interesting and. Then there's a second level of response, which is people who uh, actually look a little bit closer and see what it's about and see that it's, uh, you know, intended to raise awareness for the community at 38th in Chicago, the Minneapolis community uh, at large. And, uh, you know, then that inspires conversations about the trial, about the police, about George Floyd, about the officers. And so I think that's that's really my Uh, My goal is to see more people kind of talking about it and acknowledging that, you know, the trial is going on right now. And for a lot of people, that means it's a time to really continue the fight for justice. But also, that means a lot of people are reliving that trauma of everything that happened to George Floyd that day on May 25th last year.
0: Tell me a little bit about that. What is the mood like in Minneapolis? Obviously, down the Quad Cities. We're not getting the same level of news. And as we mentioned, the news cycle is, you know, it's a a fickle thing where, you know, it tends to go from this thing to the next, but... That the problem is, is that the the issues that the media covers resonate, and they still remain issues. They still remain painful for a lot of people. Just because the media spotlight isn't on them, it doesn't mean they've ended. And so what's it been like um, for someone who's been in Minneapolis, who can see firsthand what's going on within the community? How has, has that been? What's the reaction been like up there? And um, do you feel, do people up there feel as if just... Justice is going to be done in this case.
1: You know, that's a, yeah, that's like the question right now, I feel, because, um, you know, I was there in Minneapolis just, uh, yeah, like literally three days ago. And um, with the, after we finished doing the artwork on the car, which we did like a block away from 38th and Chicago, we, we had the community come out. So I, I was able to meet with a lot of people who live really close. You know, to that block, or maybe that's their bus stop, or that's, uh, you know, just part of their regular commute. And just in talking with folks there, yeah, there's definitely a sense of, um, you know, 38th and Chicago is basically saying, like, you know, please respect this space. It's kind of become a sacred space. And you have a lot of people who've gone there to visit and, Uh, maybe, you know, take photos or play music, you know, myself being, you know, someone who is doing that. And I found that, yeah, it's at some point, some people were telling me like, uh, hey, just whatever you're doing, make sure you're first, you know, getting the, the green light from the neighbors and people who actually still live right there where it all happened. You got business owners, restaurants and houses and apartments that are on that block. So I think you know, for meeting all the people right there, I, I feel like, you know, they, we, everyone else around the country, around the world got to kind of pick and choose when they get to protest, when they get to, you know, put up a George Floyd sign or whatever it might be. But for the people who live right there, that's kind of what I learned was like, they don't, they don't have that choice. You know, they, they live with this every day. And even after the trial, they'll always be reminded of what happened uh, at that corner.
0: What's the feeling within the community is there hope that things can change? Is there hope that things can get better, that, um, you know, thing that, that a paradigm can shift due to this? Um, not just what happened, but also the reaction to it. Um, what What is the mood up there in regard to not just, you know, um, overall and the way the media is covering it, but, you know, how people like actual human beings, the people that live in that neighborhood, how do they feel about this whole thing? Yeah.
1: You know, I did. I can kind of speak to maybe one one part of that neighborhood, which is um, the Calvary Lutheran Church. That's like at the next block over at 39th in Chicago. And you know, I was up there. They had kind of a supply drive, like mutual aid event, uh, on the first day of this tour. And so I stopped by over there. And there's a, a group called Yes for Minneapolis. Um, I think they have a website. Something. Yes, for Minneapolis.org, but it's a, one of many such groups that have popped up in Minneapolis where locals are, you know, talking about and proposing uh, legislation that's going to somehow reshape the Minneapolis police. And I feel like it's so hard to go anywhere around Minneapolis without that conversation coming up. I think a lot of people who live there are kind of, I think they have like some. Um, uh, process coming up in November, where where the city council is going to be voting on some legislation like that as well. So a lot of people are are now having those conversations because the trial is unavoidable. You know, in conversation and those issues are d- definitely just at the very forefront of people's minds. That was that was my experience at least.
0: What has it been? I know a lot of times when things of this nature come up, and I see it on social media all the time in particular, is there seems to be um, people uh, jumped to jump to one side or the other there's um, sometimes people have a difficult time processing those shades of gray in the middle or uh, the fact that you can separate out certain issues without making blanket statements or condemnations such as if you say that you know you support justice for george floyd then people automatically think well you're against the cops and the problem is is that obviously you know you can't say that all police are exactly alike the same as you can say all people of any race or whatever are all exactly alike. And for either side to be sort of like, well, this person is representative of everybody um, is kind of missing the point that when events happen, those events need to be taken in and of themselves within the microcosm in which they occurred. And this particular person, Derek Chauvin, is on trial for murdering a man for using excessive force and not doing what he was supposed to be doing and perhaps it's best that people look at it as hey here's a guy and he did he obviously did something that was egregious that if he was not wearing a uniform people would see it in a much different light and instead of jumping to automatically say oh if you support you know justice for George Floyd you're against the cops maybe they should you should be looking at it as you know what there should just be justice for George Floyd because he's a human being and another human being murdered him i mean allegedly i should say allegedly murdered him you know uh because it isn't you know the trial is not over yet but um but yeah i just i i guess um it's just the divisions between the country are just really um, disappointing to see in a lot of ways that people can't step out their out of their tribalism to look at something that should be a human issue and should be something that should be regarded, you know, something horrible happened to a human being and um, that person should get justice for that thing that's happened to them.
1: I uh, that definitely resonates. I saw I did happen to witness like one conversation that was taking place in a parking lot when I was in Minneapolis, and it was uh when we were collecting signatures for that uh, sort of police reform legislation. There was a, a gentleman who came up, and he was like, Oh, I don't, I was he was like, Well, I, I support the police, so I don't know if i want to sign this and there was a, another woman who had just signed it and so then they knew each other from the neighborhood and they just it's kind of sparked off this dialogue right there in the parking lot and uh it was actually like surprisingly civilized you know like they were just asking and answering questions back and forth and so the gentleman who was uh you know initially like oh like I definitely support the police, so there's no way I'm signing this. He, at the end of that conversation, was uh, more open and said, "Okay, well, I'll, I'll go and read some of those different resources and see what um, see what's actually being proposed, and, and then I'll think about uh, if I want to sign or not." And so I saw, I witnessed that conversation, and I just thought, like personally, that seeing something like that definitely gave me some hope—not not even to say. Whether that legislation is going to pass or not, but just the fact that two people in the neighborhood can can still have like civilized discourse and try to um, you know negotiate their different points of view on on public safety, on community safety, things like that. Um, I also wanted to share you know something when I was at 38th in Chicago, like they have a They have a collective voice now and they've kind of put up this huge whiteboard literally it's it stands outside the blockade at that intersection and it says these are like the 24 demands um, of the community and i'm not going to read all 24 but suffice it to say that there are 24 different demands that have to do with very nuanced specific issues um at that area and it has a little bit to do with, uh, you know, police being held accountable, but it has a lot to do with just creating sustainable programs and, and jobs and uh, opportunities for healthcare and art and music, education and different things like that in that area. So, uh, you know, I think I could send you a link or a photo of that, too. I think that's so important to remember. The community there is is not all out there with with pitchforks and just wanting to see something bad happen in eric chauvin there's literally nothing like that uh that i saw when i was there it's it's all people who live there and want like some very reasonable things to to have a safe and, and stable place to live
0: well yeah i think that that's that is it's perfectly reasonable to want reform you know if if you're part of a group um, and there are people within that group that are doing something wrong. You would want them to be that to be reformed. You would want those people you know they use the term of a few bad apples and it 's true any group of people you get a thousand people together for anything and you 're going to have a few jerks. You go to a concert there 's going to be a few jerks. you go to a state fair whatever there 's always going to be, be a few jerks so just law of averages but you would you know if i were a part of a particular group and there were a couple of people in that group or there were no, you know there were there was uh, you know a media stories being put out because this group of people you know this horrible thing happened i would want those people to be excised from the group and not be shown as being representative of what the group stands for because that's not what you want that's that's not right
1: sure uh yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I, even met I met some people who were um, kind of surprised me with their stories of how the George Floyd um, whole incident affected them. And I, I was talking to this guy. He was with his son, and he said, "Yeah, like seven years ago, he used to live at 38th in Chicago, and that was his bus stop. And so even though he doesn't even live in Minneapolis anymore, uh, when the when all the news came out, he was immediately." You know, thinking right back to that area and uh, was was still, you know, personally affected by it, even though he didn't uh, know George Floyd personally or, you know, those aren't his neighbors anymore. But yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. We're having this uh, this podcast while I'm, I'm literally sitting in the car and I'm <laughs> I'm taking some shelter from the rain at this uh, at the QC Mart gas station by the river and so anyway just now this uh there was a lady who's getting gas and she saw the car and uh you know got out to just take some photos of it so it's definitely uh, you know it's always it's always cool to see that sometimes it freaks me out because i'm not used to having people coming taking pictures of my car all the time but i'm glad that it is uh being
0: seen and that the, the message is being heard what, yeah, what's it been like for you personally? Um, I mean, obviously you're sc- sort of at the beginning of your trip, but um, you know, what's it what's it like for you personally being a part of this?
1: It is. It's amazing. So much. Like, I feel so much love from the communities that I've gotten to be a part of. You know, temporarily and gotten to visit with. Um, and starting it off with with visual black justice was uh, just amazing. Like they brought so much like we were playing music we were just having all we had the kids come out too and some youth artists also participated so you know i'm a i'm a k-12 teacher as well in my in my other life um, so it's amazing to see that you know kids are getting an opportunity to participate in community learning and community art i think that's um hopefully an experience that will you know stay with them and inspire them and in their creativity so that's really fulfilling for me personally is just seeing like people coming together and kind of being able to build community out of what otherwise would have just been like a plain white honda civic you know but now that it has all this artwork and all these messages on it it's uh, it's nice to be able to bring that somewhere and see that it can do um, yeah do something positive just by bringing uh artwork like to a public space
0: when all is said and done, and you've made this journey, what do you hope to to accomplish? What do you hope to have uh, to have come out of uh, out of this trip?
1: I think uh, you know. At first, I was like, I just want to. My only goal was that more people should tune in to the live stream and more viewers like watching and paying attention to the Chauvin trial. And you know, while that's still like. I'd say like the primary goal of the tour now, like as I've gotten on the road, uh, I just, I love meeting with, with people across the country and hearing their stories. And, uh, so I think personally, like that's, that's something I didn't really anticipate at the beginning is just like how many people I would be meeting and getting to talk to folks such as yourself who, um, who are, you know, interested in the story or the artwork. And, uh, so I think that's, uh, that's what's keeping me sane you know during quarantine it's it's hard to have any sort of meaningful social interaction but now for me personally as i go from place to place um, you know the car or other people on social media might you know make a connection and it's like okay cool Give me, you know gives me some humans to to interact with along the way so that's um yeah that's been really cool just to have that personally so I don't uh, completely lose my mind just like driving by myself around the country.
0: Right so where can people follow you online um are you on social media where can people follow your journey obviously uh we're gonna be writing about this and putting it out there on quadcities.com but um i know that there's a facebook page for visual black justice do you have your own facebook page for your journey or is there a website that people can go to to kind of follow you and see where you're at and how things are going
1: yeah the best is uh, like you said first go to you know, go to quadcities.com check out the podcast um, but definitely if you want to see my uh, yeah my personal kind of photos and videos along the trip dot uh, com. that's my uh, website and that from there you can see like I do some photos and videos on my Instagram and then I'm doing trial coverage on my Twitter account. So if you have those uh, social media sites, I would love to, you know, and I'm open to taking questions and suggestions along the way. If you're like, hey, you know, you're going through Louisville, Kentucky. I have, you know, a restaurant recommendation. I'm even taking, you know, uh, tips and things like that along the tour.
0: So it's Chicago, Gupta, Chicago like the city, C-H-I-C-A-G-O, and Gupta, capital G-U-P-T-A. I've got your site right up here. Yep, that's me. Awesome. Music teacher, journalist and artist. That's what oh, I've got you yeah, on here as. That's the one. Awesome. So there's where you can check it out. It's chicagogoopta.com. And um once again, thanks a lot for uh thanks a lot for giving me a call. It's been an interesting uh time talking with you and I wish you the best on your trip.
1: Well, cool. thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing it.
0: Awesome. And that was Chicago Tasha, who also goes by the name Chicago Gupta. And you can go and check out ChicagoGupta.com. It's Chicago, like the city, Gupta, G U P T A.com. You could follow his journey um, across the country, going down to Houston to raise awareness for um, the Derek Chauvin trial uh, for uh, the murder of George Floyd up in Minneapolis. So um, please go and check that out. And once again, thanks a lot for listening to QCI. Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. My guest today again has been Chicago Tasha, who's driving through the area en route to Houston. So please go and check out his website. And uh, thanks a lot for tuning in. I'm Sean Leary. Have a great day.